Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Is My Story, where we believe the greatest story in the world is knowing Jesus Christ. He's in every part of our lives, and it's our passion here to help all of us discover how deeply rooted in that story we all really are. Thanks for joining in, whether you're listening or watching online at YouTube. We are so glad that you're a part of this. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment down below, and share this with a friend. Today's guest is a good friend of mine. Can't wait to introduce him to you. Before we dive into that conversation, which I know you're going to enjoy, I want to thank our two sponsors, Word of Life Camp Ministries and the Bible Institute. They're a global ministry. We love those guys. In fact, I'll be up there with my guest today at the New York campus, the Bible Institute, and Snow Camp. Excited to take my daughter and my guest, two daughters, with us up to the Word of Life Bible Camp called Snow Camp up in New York. If you're in Florida, there's also a uh, winter camp version of snow camp with no snow, obviously. So uh, there'll be a link below. You can check out snow camps as well. You'll be able to see a lot of the other camps that they have around the world and the Bible Institution. Also, I want to thank Christian Healthcare Ministries. I've said this every time. My wife and I love them. If you're looking for alternative health care that is biblical, it's not health insurance, but it's an alternative. I encourage you to check them out. If you have a major medical issue, you simply submit your bills, um, the expenses, and then they'll get paid, reimbursed. It's an amazing thing, cost sharing. I love it. Check them out. There'll be a link below. We save thousands of dollars by being with them. So you can find out more information, become a member today, start saving money. All right, without any further ado, I want to introduce to you my good friend, Sean Murray, four-time world champion wakeboarder. And there's going to be some links that I'm going to put in the description below. Please, I want you to check those things out. One of those is a video of Sean's testimony that we did way back in the beginning of This Is My Story ministry. And uh, that link will be below. It's about a nine-minute video of his testimony. We're also going to link below his YouTube channel, his website, seanmary.com. And so, welcome, Sean Mary. Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin. And... Uh... Thanks for having me in the studio. You're welcome, man. Hey, so we have known each other for a long time. Um, but for those that are listening, they actually may not know anything about you. Well, uh, I have wakeboarded professionally for well over 25 years, almost 30 years at this point, which is crazy in itself um, because I was just out on the water with my brothers, with my friends. And then it turned into a career when I was 19 years old. And I'll be 46 here this uh, this April. And, uh, so it's been an, an unreal ride that I never saw coming, um, because it was something that I just liked to do and, and didn't think I would be a professional. Thought it'd be cool if I was, but honestly didn't think I would. Yeah. Um, and so I've had a ton of different opportunities through my, my time in the sport between meeting people, traveling places. Um, but I can, I can really pinpoint, a a, a time in my life where, my perspective and my life trajectory trajectory changed um, just uh, based upon the fact of me discovering my story and sharing my story. And Kevin, you were a big part of that um, because yeah. I remember you you told me this idea of starting this website and you're a dreamer. So I was like, yeah, yeah, Kev, let me know when. And you said, well, hey, come over to um, this studio we set up and I want you to share your testimony, which I had never really done. Yeah. Well, you had here and there at, at Wake Church and different different church settings, but never like sat down to really think about just that story. Right. Start to finish. Yeah. Like, like, what does my testimony look like? Because I grew up in church and you just think, well, I grew up in church and that's what I did. Um, 
but in that discovery, like just telling my story, uh, I, I discovered kind of how that, that theme, like God's thread constantly through my life. Um, he, he had always been chasing, pursuing me, but in a way that he, he let me discover him in my own way. And, uh, and once I discovered the, that story, um, it allowed me to share that story. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most powerful ways to share the gospel is learn your story, share your story and tell the ultimate story, which is his story. Yeah. I even think it's interesting as you're trying to put words to what it is that happened. Cause I even, you know, doing this full time, I still struggle to describe what story actually is. Yeah. It's tough. It's yeah. But it's, it's, it's so much more than we ever thought. Yeah. It's not just the testimony. It's almost like we start to peel back the layers of how our story is important to us actually understanding how to forgive somebody or how to, why we read the Bible, you know, and all of a sudden our story starts to make sense as we start to share it. And then we start to see, well, God was here in my life at that point, but I didn't even know it until now. Yeah. And you know, it's like, wow, though, that's actually, I want to look at that for a while. I want to be, I want to be excited about that. I mean, cause that was, I didn't realize that was such a pivotal point in my life. And so you don't really know those moments are there until we sit down and someone says, Hey, let's talk about this time in your life. And then when you finally do all of a sudden those aha moments start to happen, you're like, wow. Well, that's one thing I wanted like to tell people, the, the, the people who are listening or watching is I want to tell people to take time to recall your life. Yeah. And, and it's something I've done with some friends and we call it like these little, just get togethers. You have four or five people, maybe just three people. Um, and you call it getting to know you. And, and, and I've done it where I just say, Hey, start me from the beginning. You got any brothers or sisters? Where'd you grow up? What about your parents? And you just start telling your story. And when you do that, it's really interesting just to see some themes in your life. Yeah. And, uh, a, a, like, it just gives you such a different perspective of that's how I got here today. And man, I forgot about that. And so I encourage people like, honestly, go tell somebody your story. You probably have never done that. Yeah. And it's a cool experience and you get to know people in that way. And you say, all right, you tell me about you. And it's just a fun little thing. And actually like almost takes longer than you think, but not in a way you're like, man, that took forever. It's like in a way that you go, that's crazy. That was a really fun experience. It's yeah. something that I tell people, like, give it a shot. That's a challenge on the podcast. If you're listening, even just comment down in the sections below. What is your story? Just start from the beginning. Like Sean said, tell us a little bit about yourself or take the challenge a step further. Leave this podcast later. Go to a real person in real time. And you can actually just ask somebody first. You know, don't just be like, hey, I want to tell you my story because they're like, what? But yeah. you can tell someone and just be like, I want to get to know you. Tell me from the beginning. Yeah. And it might be reciprocal and then you get to tell them and, and they may give you the opportunity. So just try it, yeah. you know? So it, it's, it's crazy. It's honestly a fun experience. Yeah, it has been. So I know you shared a little bit about wakeboarding. Um, I'll brag on you though, man, like you're a legend in the sport, um, how we met, you know, because how people meet is important, right? You ever thought about that? Like the people that, you know, why do you know that person and why are they in your life at this point in time? And how did you meet and how God works in some really strange ways, oftentimes by the people we meet and how we meet. So even like your wife, Carrie, you know, how you guys met and now 
you're raising a family, a legacy, right? Um, you get to meet a lot of people. But how I met you was through marrying Emily, wakeboarding, right? But my friend Matt Henderson at Frontier Camp and I used to read the wakeboard magazines, reading about you. And I think at the time you might have won the Worlds or just the year before, but we would pray for you. It's pretty surreal to sit here with you now like and, and be one of your like brothers and uh, know you. And, and man, the man that I know today who loves the Lord, who loves his family, his wife and his children and his friends and other people, um, you're not just a legend on the water, but truly <laughs> off the water. And uh, man, I love, I love being your friend and watching, watching you live your, th your life and do your thing. Well, it, it is crazy to look back at like how we first became friends because it, it was through Emily, but then through Wake Church. Yeah. And now our kids go to school together. You know, our kids are best friends. Our wives are best friends. You're one of my best friends. We yeah. travel. We go on vacations together. Um, and it is weird how the Lord kind of leads places. And I'm very thankful for you because like it, it you know, your vision really helped, um, me get that perspective back in my life when I did share my story and that, and that played a big part of me being able to share my story in front of some big groups. Yeah. And, uh, and I get to do that. I just did that for an FCA. That's yeah. fellowship of Christian athletes. I'm getting ready to go speak at discovery church. And, yeah. um, and if it weren't for that, I don't know if I would still, if I would have that ability, yeah. um, well, at least drawn out of me. Yeah. It was an honor, man. And there's so much to your story, but let's dive into it a little bit. I mean, you know, you mentioned Wake Church. Obviously, you're a pro athlete, but talk to me about your actual story, your faith. Like, how would you summarize your story? I would look at some, like, real anchor points. Um, number one, when I first had the impact of Jesus' love hit me at winter church camp, and I was in high school. Couldn't tell you which year. And so I, I remember just hearing the speaker make this connection be, between— um, the, the love of the cross and, and God's love for us and what Jesus really did. And it brought me to tears. Everybody left and I'm still sitting there in a chair. I'm like, why am I crying about this? This is crazy. And it just hit me like hard. And I remember that. And it was like, it was impactful. But years later, I get into wakeboarding as a profession and the, the kind of, um, the rhythm of going to church was still there, but I was, I was able to kind of, you know, get into, uh, doing my own thing, being at parties, getting into that lifestyle a little bit, but still had a foot in the church pool is what I would say. I had a foot yeah. in the church pool, a foot in the world, in the world pool, world pool. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> which is easy to do. A lot of people do struggle with that because you don't, it's hard. You want to be, have a relationship with God, but you also feel like you're kind of missing out on some things when you follow God, when, especially when you're younger, before you've grown up and you're, you know, you feel the pressures socially. And so, yeah, I could see how we, we all do that in some way. I could see how you're, it would be even tougher being in a pro athlete circle. Yeah. And it was, it was like always traveling and every time you go somewhere, people are excited to see you. So they wanted to go out with you, which led to going into parties with you. And, and, uh, and so like, while that's happening, I started getting into this place where I was, I was doubting God, like if, the existence of God to the point where it's like, well, why would you create this world with pain and suffering and, yeah. you know, this hell and thing, and all of these things to where I was like, you know what, I, I think it's easier for me to say there is no God and then I can do what I want to do. And, and, and it, so that's where I felt myself going towards. And, uh, I remember just, uh, I, it was my older brother who said, 
he was at Moody at the time and he said, you know, God's not afraid of your questions. Mm. And some I've learned, I think he's more not afraid, but he would, he'd rather, um, us question than not think about him. Right. I like it. And so I started, uh, started kind of just, God, are you really there? And, and one of the other pivotal moments for me, one was at the winter church camp. The other one was me laying in my yard one day. I don't know why, but I, I'm not like the kind of person who just lays down on the grass, but I did. And I looked up at the sky and I saw the, the trees and the, and the sky and the clouds above me. And God started speaking to me in, in, in just some way that I, not that I could hear an audible voice, but just started these thoughts of God saying, do you, do you feel the warmth on you right now? Because if that sun were any farther or closer, you would not be comfortable. You, like to the point where you're either burning or freezing. Yeah. And the, the sun is literally like it's a million miles away. That's massive. And it's just the right distance for life and for us to just be comfortable. And, and so I'm kind of like, all right, well, okay. And the next thought was, do you see those trees? Those trees are breathing out oxygen while they breathe in your carbon dioxide and you're breathing in their oxygen while you breathe out the carbon dioxide, which they need. And that's just a small relationship of God's creation. And so I was like, well, that's kind of cool, you know, and there's so many different relationships in the world that things, you know, need each other for existence of, for life. And then just my eyes, the fact that we can see with these organs inside of our head that can absorb light and flip the picture around with all of these little nerve endings that then gives us this constant changing picture that they can change focus and all these different things. Those are just two holes in your head. Like for that to be on accident or just by chance, that's crazy. And so yeah. that's when I started to recall these things in my life where in church, you will hear some of these things where they say it takes way more faith to believe in evolution than in a creator yeah. for all of these things to happen on accident it takes way more faith. And I was starting to see it. And so I don't say these things to convince anyone. I just say, this is what convinced me yeah. that God does exist. And so the next question for me was if he exists, has he tried to communicate with us? And I grew up with the Bible. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start there. And it was at that same time. Now keep in mind, I'm in this place where I was like, I'm almost doubting God's existence, but I was in such a habit of going to church, growing up in church that I was still going to church to the point where I was even playing in the church band. Like I was playing acoustic yeah. guitar. I like to play guitar and I was still going to church. And one day while I was finished playing, I sat back in the, in the congregation. I'm just sitting there listening to the speaker and it wasn't something that the speaker said, but God speaking to me saying, how can you lead these people? Like this God that I am now going, all right, God, you're there. Um, how can you, and God is saying, how can you lead these people in worshiping me if you still have a foot in this party pool doing these things? And I decided then and there, I was like, all right, when I go home, I'm walking away from these things because I feel like they are breaking the line of communication between me and God. I feel like these things are just, it's almost like a bad cell phone call. You're only catching every few words and you're like, I know I can do this better. Yeah. So I decided to walk away from these things. I also decided, you know what? I'm going to read the Bible front to back. Yeah. And I'm not a big reader, but I was like, I'm going to take this in bite-sized chunks. I'm going to try to read five pages a day. And it took me two and a half years to get through it. And Bro, that's some commitment. It was, but I tell you, 
it made a huge perspective shift for me because then you start seeing what is really important in life, what isn't important. We generally make mountains out of the things that are not significant. Yeah. And and going after that miss that mission, the gospel mission. Yeah. Dude, that's a powerful story. I mean, I'm thinking how many of us have been there? That doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean it's the same exact scenario, but the question of God, are you real? And then you said, but if you're real, what are you trying to say to me? There's so many reasons why we want to disprove God. We've been hurt. There's hypocrisy in the church. But once you kind of find, find this place of like, this can't be evolution. This can't be chance. Okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to go. So what's next? And for anyone listening, I love that you just said, I'm going to read the Bible, like go straight to the source. So God is a storyteller. God's word is the story, the ultimate story. And for two years you commit and man, I'm telling you, it changed your life. Like I've heard you share this so many times about how reading the Bible changed your life. And it sounds boring. Like when you break it down, you're like, he read the Bible. Like, really? I don't want to do that. That's the <laughs> Bible. That's like, yeah. It's massive, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I don't read, and so that was a massive undertaking for me, especially when you get through some of the, the books of the Bible. But um, it really showed me what the story is in the Bible that yeah. I didn't know. Because I growing up, you could tell major characters and flip to every book of the Bible during sword drills. If you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. Um, like, you can, you can do that, but it wasn't until I read through it almost the second time because that's what I'm still doing. I get to the end and I start over and every time I'm just learning more and more, it's about God's creation and how we have tainted it, but he wants us to know him and to be in a relationship with him. And what we try to do is we try to go about life on our own. And that's what Israel did. They, they, they worship God, they chase after God, and then they go, you know what, we don't necessarily need God, and they go out on their own, and they struggle, and they go, you know what, God, we do need you, and they go yeah. back to him, and he's always there, and we do the same thing in life, and that's why, I, I can tell you, that's why the Bible is there, because it, it is what we do, that is what our story is. I would ask you this, like, if someone's on the edge, and they're kind of thinking, man, it's really cool to hear Sean's story, he read God's word, that's really neat, like, what, what do I do and, and how do I know my story? Like, what would you say to somebody who's going through that thought process of saying, what is, what is my story? So I would start with, um, telling someone your story, like just start with that. Like, let me just recall my life. All right. Got that. And then I, I would look at it in the same way that if somebody wanted to be a professional wakeboarder, a professional golfer, really good at whatever it is. They would seek out, if you could, it, you would seek out some of the best instruction that you can. Yeah. Right. Somebody who has, who's been through it, that they can convey a message that they can teach well. Um, you would want to connect with someone who could really teach well. And so with that, I would say that's why I think reading and praying every morning is the best way to connect with God is because you start your day. Like that is the first thing that you do that you start your day basically getting your launch pad aligned, you know, because if your launch pad is just a little bit off, you could miss the mark entirely. And it just puts things in perspective, like God, I'm gonna just go through today, I'm gonna go through it in prayer, I'm not worried about tomorrow, but here are some things that I'm working through today, so 
Remind me you're there. Walk me through those moments while I'm going through them. Help me keep, th keep things in perspective, you know, and, and there are some different things that I have, you know, like the acronym of ACTS of how to pray, um, yeah. A-C-T-S. We could talk about that later. Yeah, go for it. Um, okay, so this is something that uh, you can do when you pray is people say, well, how do you pray? And you can use this acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S. And what it means is that you start in adoration, yeah. like framing up who are you talking to? Like God, the creator, however you want to establish, like God is just absolutely amazing. Thinking about his creation. Whenever I start my prayer there, I generally think of these just crazy creation things like these amazing waterfalls, places I've been, think pictures I've seen, deep caves, top mountaintops, oceans that are crazy massive. Yeah. Just you're visualizing really like the size. Yeah. And size that's of just the power here on of God. earth, let alone the entire universe. Right. So it's just this adoration and then going into confession. That's the C confession of God. I have messed up and, and here is where I think I've messed up. Maybe even ask God to speak to you. And it's crazy. Sometimes I'm, uh, he'll kind of give me a hint in something that, that wasn't even on my radar. And, uh, and I, and I see these things pop up and, and God's like, Hey, this, how you reacted to this person? I'm like, wow, I need to either not do that again, or even apologize to that person. So confession, and then is Thanksgiving. God, these are the things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the opportunities. I'm thankful for all of that. You can list a bunch of different things. And then you can get into the supplication, meaning God, here's what I, here, here's what I need you in. Here's where I would love to see you move. These are the things that I, that I would uh, need to get out of, get into whatever it, it may be. And, and God show me some things I don't know about. So ACTS is a great way just to frame up some prayers. It doesn't have to be super long, yeah. um, but it, it, it helps me walk through that. And if you look at the Lord's prayer, when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. You know, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That like, as that's he goes through right that's adoration and he walks you through basically that structure of prayer. That's just one thing. Um, but I encourage people, if there's anything that you guys take away from this podcast is the same thing. If I have the opportunity to speak, I tell people at the end of it, the beginning of it, the end of it, read the Bible and pray. Some people are going to do it at the end of the day. Um, I think it's a good thing to start the day in because that is the first thing you're going to do. And that's where you're going, um, man. That's really powerful. The only thing I would add to that would be worship. And for me, like when you sit there and kind of envision the mountains or the waterfalls or places you've seen or pictures you've seen, like to get that grander picture of God, I also will put on like a worship song and, you know, I know we were walking through like acts, a way to pray, but I would even add in like read the Bible, pray. And like I turn on Pandora and mm -hmm. put on a worship song and um, gets me. I just think in the presence of God and the right mindset. And then I even pray like as I'm listening to a song. But I love how you said that like the A is adoration and God, you're awesome. Did you say that part? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say like, God, you're awesome, adoration, confession, I'm not. Yep. I love how that is basically summarizing our stories, is, is humbling ourselves and be able to say, my story really in itself, like what I do and who I am and the, what I do for a profession, like it's down here, like it's at a low level, but God, who you are, you're here. So when I view my story in, in the lens of who he is and who he makes me to be, then I'm, I'm awesome. And, and this is truly an amazing, like I have an amazing story, not because of anything I've done or not because of who I am, but because of who 
God is in my life. What are some flags when you start to realize like you've misprioritized or you're focusing on who you are, putting God a little bit below that and elevating yourself? Are you able to kind of say like, yeah, I see tendencies of when I start to puff up my own story or believe less in what God's doing and see those priorities flip flop? Yeah, I wouldn't say sometimes. I'd say every time. And and honestly, I think that's just a uh, the nature of of the enemy. You know, you call it Satan, the devil, whatever. Um, it is. I think that is something that I don't necessarily feel puffed up, but I think our motivation gets misdirected, and that's why I think one of the biggest warnings in the Bible is idols, having idols. Yeah. And right now. Um, I would say in our world, it is so easily established of creating idols. We are also just deceived is that, yeah, we don't do that. We don't have idols like that anymore. We don't make a golden cow that we bow down to, but we absolutely can easily get distracted with social media, not just looking and scrolling, but you can get distracted with what kind of interaction did I get on that post? And yeah. did people comment and have I responded? And you feel this thing like, oh, the people who follow me or subscribe, they they are waiting for me to do things. And so you end up elevating those things and putting them in, in more of an important place than our relationship with God. And so we end up sacrificing those things. And so we can do it with absolutely everything. So that's why I think it's absolutely important that we keep those things in check because we can easily get distracted. And that's just one example. Like, let's just think about relationships where we're doing whatever we can to keep our spouse, your girlfriend, your significant other, whatever you're trying to keep them happy. When that is a good thing because I can definitely help your mood, Yeah. but that is not the most monumental thing. So what would you say? Like you have an idol, Oftentimes it becomes four things, I believe, control, approval, power, and comfort. And we can basically summarize, Tim Keller did a sermon on that a while ago, a few years back, but those four, if you look back, the roots are one of those, comfort, approval, power, and control. And somehow we idolize those four things, one, two, or three, or all four of them based off in a scenario. So we are Christians, we can follow Jesus and still have broken relationships. We can wound each other, hurt each other. How have you navigated that and how has the gospel helped influence that? I think that uh, some of the biggest things that we do is, is trying to, to have, I, I think that power, you know, control, I think most of that has to do with comfort. You know, like you yeah. could almost point everything back to that because when we don't have those, some of those things you can point it back to, well, I'm uncomfortable. And so yeah. what we have to do is we, in our relationships, a lot of times is just be okay with being uncomfortable, right? Whether it's, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry for saying that. that's putting pride aside. That's not comfortable. Um, I'm sorry how I reacted. And the way you know, this is you can kind of say my life only has meaning if I'm comfortable or if people approve of me or if I'm in control or have control or if I have power, if I'm in charge. And so when you break it down, you really start to see social media. If you have an idol of approval, well, break that down for us. If your idol is 
I want people to like me. I want to be liked. My life only has value so long as I have the approval of other people. How do you know when that's your idol and what do you do to combat that? Let's say as you start scrolling through there, you start seeing other people have more likes on their photos than you. You start thinking your photos that you've posted really aren't that great. The filters, you probably should have chosen a better filter. And Satan is the crafty one and he sneaks in here and starts to hit on the idol of approval. We just don't feel cool enough. We just don't feel like people really like us that much because compared to the other people, they really seem to be having the approval socially. So we've obviously idolized finding our identity and value and approval in others rather than the creator. Number one, understanding that you're going to be in an endless chase. Yeah. It's like a cat chasing his tail, dog chasing his tail, whatever. You're going to always want more. And you can look at the Instagram folks who have millions, millions of followers and yeah. comments and whatever. I'm sure they always are looking at somebody who has more and they're just probably still chasing that. And I, and I think back to, um, somebody asked Rockefeller and if you don't know who that is, but it's like a famous family, um, that has been known for having a lot of money. And somebody asked Rockefeller senior, like how much is enough? Like how much money is enough? And his answer was just a little more. Oh, dang. And it's, and it's really true with almost anything in life. You're never going to be satisfied. And so I think that's why you have to step back and go, I'm, I'm not going to find satisfaction in this. So I need to do this for a different reason. What is my, what is my motivation? Anything you'd like to say to summarize your story or a word you'd like to give to people listening? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would really encourage people like if you have never gone through the Bible, if you are going through the Bible, keep doing it. If you've never tried it, read a chapter a day. Yeah. And what I'm doing, I've, I've alternated through the years. Like sometimes I'll read a chapter of New Testament, chapter of Old Testament, um, and you end up going through the New Testament much faster. So you kind of read it twice. But um, what I'm doing right now, uh, going through it, is I'm reading a book. Um, and as, as you may know, the, the Bible is 66 books. So I'm reading an Old Testament book, then a New Testament book. And, uh, and I did that as I started to get into the uh, major and minor prophets. And so that's how I'm going through it. And the cool thing is, is as you read Old Testament, you see the New Testament Jesus popping yeah. in so many times. And uh, it, it's just a great experience to learn the story of God and spend time in prayer uh, because it allows you to set the perspective for the day. And it also gives you this accountability knowing that tomorrow morning you're going to be meeting God and hanging out and talking about what happened that day. Mm. And so I would say that. The other thing is to keep things in perspective with how people react to what you do, right? Keep it rooted in why do you do what you do? Try to point back what you do to the creator. He's giving you these opportunities to enjoy creation, to enjoy moments, opportunities, abilities, enjoy that experience between you and God. And if people react well, awesome. Look for opportunities to share his gospel in that. Amen, Dave. All right. Well, I got one final question for you as we wrap. When you came back to God and we're reading the Bible, did you look back on the way that you were living and ever feel guilty or feel regret? Or did you start to really look forward and 
did you have a good belief in God's forgiveness and him bringing you close to him? No, I, I wouldn't say there's regret because that, I mean, number one, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but people do live with that kind of stuff, you know, like, yeah. oh, I used to be like this. I wish I would have never done that or. Yeah. And so I would say like, for me, it's, it's the only part that, um, I would say, I, I, I don't want to affect other people's opportunities to know God. And I, and that's where I feel like I may have messed up in that way. Um, and so that's where I ask the Holy spirit to do a work in those people's lives that I may have otherwise messed up. And I just can't carry that weight around. Um, but that was one of the reasons that I also walked away from those things because I felt like God was telling me when I am choosing to do things on my own and walk away from him, I am not only choosing that for myself, but for other people's opportunities to gain salvation. And it was honestly something that I was like, man, I'm messing with other people's eternity. Dang. Like it, that was a heavier weight for me. That was honestly a big thing for me. Give a little shout out to what you've got going on. Well, if, uh, if people have questions for me, they can go straight to my website, seanmurray.com. Um, that's S H A U N M U R R A Y. You can go to seanmurray.com. You can learn about me. You can even contact me. Um, and, you can also get pointed towards YouTube, towards Instagram. So I have my YouTube channel, which is under my name or my Instagram, which is in my name. And, uh, you can reach out to me with questions and comments. I spend, um, time every morning after I spend time reading and praying, then I get on my computer and I try to, uh, engage not in just my emails with people who have that, but also all of these other ways that people engage in social media, uh, Facebook, things like that. Um, I'm not, I'm not on uh, Twitter. I'm not on, uh, TikTok or Snapchat. Um, I got enough to do. Yeah. Yeah, you do. If you're listening at the end of this podcast, I'll let you know you guys, cause you listen, you get a free wakeboard lesson with Sean Murray, courtesy of Sean Murray. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're going to cap that at a hundred people. So you better get on this real wow. quick. No, you take Bitcoin for that though. No, not yet. Yeah. But uh, quick shout out before we go. This wow. right here, this right here, yeah, you can you can hold that up on your side. Wow, this is this is a throwback, and just to date my time in the sport, um, my first instructional series, which you used to watch, was yeah. on VHS. Yep, and uh, we even have it dubbed in Japanese, and then uh, and then it went to DVD on that same instructional series. Then we recreated it to this, and this is Detention 2012. Now keep in mind, when we did this, this is way before 2012, so it was like, this is the future. Yeah, well, I love you, bro, and um, we'll have you on again sometime down the road. All right, thanks, you guys, uh, for listening. Kevin, thanks for having me. All right, guys, hey, that's a wrap for this episode, but I just want to thank you for joining in on this conversation, and even broader, I thank you for joining in on this journey. This is my story in the podcast. There's going to be many, many more great episodes to come down in the comments. Love to hear from you, and uh, if there's a question that you would like me to ask Sean and address on a future episode, you can leave that comment down below, and as always, be sure to hit the subscribe button, follow along, hit the like button, and share this with somebody. Share it on your Facebook page, post it on your Instagram or Snapchat or wherever it is you do your social media at. I want to just encourage you on this. Your story does matter more than you know.